0: The following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Well, hmm. Well, we start our work on uh, Colossians chapter 1 last week. And we are returning there this morning, so you can turn to Colossians 1, um, page 983 in the Pew Bibles. Um, well, we, we began with uh, Paul's thanksgiving for the church in uh, Colossae, a church that he didn't plant and had never visited and people he had never met, except for just a very few people. Uh, but whether or not Paul had been personally involved with the work, he had heard of their faith, their love and their hope, their faith in Christ Jesus, and their love for his saints, the church. And those who were motivated by the hope of their inclusion in the presence and eternal kingdom of God among them, and also in the age to come. This morning we are going to look at Paul's prayer for the church and examine the things that he hoped the Lord would grant them. Um, And as we look at these things, maybe our thoughts about what we desire for ourselves from the Lord might shift a little bit. So let's pray, and we'll jump in. Father, again, we come to you and ask for your help as we examine your word, that your spirit would grant us wisdom to understand the message that you have for us. We recognize that the Bible is your words, and so we long, Father, to hear from you. And so give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are soft and ready to receive the message that you have for us we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, we start at verse 3. He said, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. May God bless his Word this morning. Uh, well, the gospel had come to this small city of Colossae uh, through Epaphras, as part of the supernatural expansion of the church through the message of the gospel. Uh, and, and that's what was happening with the gospel all across the known world, uh, known to them at least. And Paul uses a phrase in verse of 5 and 6, the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you. Um, All living things grow. Do you know that? If you're not growing, you're dying. Um, And God's word of truth, as Paul called it, the gospel had been growing and bearing fruit this gives us a beautiful picture of the organic nature of the spread of the gospel throughout the world this uh, this time of year is my favorite I love the fall it doesn't feel like fall today but yesterday was alright Um the with the cool air and uh, dry uh, dry air and cool breezes and football is going unfortunately even this morning Um, but the best part of fall is this apple season I love apple season Mm, mm, so much to put up on a screen I couldn't help a thing about apples when I read this phrase about the fruit of the gospel and how it's expanding in a world. In our new home, we have several different apple trees in a yard. Uh, we have uh, m- Macintosh and Cortland, and Yellow Delicious. The Yellow Delicious were so delicious, the deer ate them all. Uh, But uh, most of those trees are cultivated trees. They're planted there where they are on a purpose, um, all except for one of those apple trees. Um, We have these big, beautiful trees around the edges of the yard along the driveway. um, And it's very nice. But near the middle of the yard in a very odd place among the ferns on the side of a hill is this young skinny little apple tree. Uh, It has no fruit on it and it's only about this tall and about as big around as my thumb. Well the question is with these other big beautiful trees that are uh, obviously where they're supposed to be and then there's this oddball but So the question is, how did it get there? Um, Obviously, no one would plant it right there in that spot on purpose, and it's probably not going to stay there, um, as we maybe someday will have time to work on the yard. Um, But it got there because apple trees do what apple trees are designed to do. Um, Apple trees grow. I don't know if you know this. This might be new news apple trees grow in order to produce apples which in turn produce more apple trees do you know this kind of a cycle of life you know I feel like hold up a lion cub here it's the way things go it's the circle of life an apple had fallen off one of the other trees and landed in that spot or maybe some animal had eaten an apple and left something in that spot with (laughs) apple seeds in it well, that's what they're supposed to do, and that's how it works. But the thing is, that's exactly how the church is supposed to work as well. Hopefully not get eaten by animals, animal, but it's, a, it's growing and producing fruits, and that fruit produces new trees, and that tree b- produce new fruit. Understand? Those who carry the gospel, all the maturing disciples of Jesus Christ, the church, the saints carry... They are the apples. Do you know that? Do you feel like a fruit this morning? (laughs) That that wasn't supposed to be funny. Not in the notes here. Um, So, anyway, the church are the apples. We are the apples. They carry the seeds of the gospel to wherever they happen to go and share it there, planting the seeds. And those seeds produce trees as they grow... And those trees grow to produce more apples so that the gospel can spread and new churches can be planted. And more people can be sent out with the gospel until the whole world hears. That's the design of the church. Do you know that? It's not to sit and soak and sour. It's to spread and grow and plant more churches so the gospel spreads beyond just this little place, this little group, until the whole world hears. That's how they did it. That's how the church got to Colossae. It wasn't through the internet. It wasn't. It wasn't because somebody, uh, you know, flew in a plane from the other side of the world. They traveled on foot, a little bit at a time. That's how the gospel reached to Colossae from from Jerusalem. That's how the gospel reached all the way to West Ossipi. Um That's how the gospel will reach beyond here to who knows where. Maybe it might make it all the way to Conway or to Wakefield or, you know, the far-flung corners of the earth, all right? But it goes through you. The seed of the gospel travels through you, okay? That you are the fruit of the gospel. Well, let's look at Paul's prayer for the church in verse 9. just like that young little apple tree in my yard, Paul understood that even though living things grow, only mature trees produce fruit. And so that's what he prayed for. Verse 9 says, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Now that sounds like quite a prayer list, doesn't it? We can see here each of the things that Paul and his team prayed for for that church. I imagine it's probably for all the churches, the whole church. And what he prayed for was sort of a building block for the next thing. Kind of like a tree growing and maturing in order to grow fruit. And the first thing, the first building block of that they prayed for was that the church would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding there in verse 9. Do you pray that for the church? Yeah? Well, this is your family too. Would you please expand that? We know God answered your prayer because it knows every time you ask for it, N- maybe we should all start to pray that for each other, that we would have full knowledge of God's divine will. I suppose maybe we pray that when church is faced with really big decisions, like the color of the walls in the sanctuary and things like that. See, God answers the prayers. It's wonderful. <laughs> Maybe we should think about move beyond and just to pray for God's direction and, and full knowledge of God's divine will beyond this huge life changing things to the small things for every day. Paul recognized that the church's knowledge of God's will was not full, that their spiritual wisdom and understanding were not complete. They were not perfect. So he prayed for progress towards complete knowledge of God's will. Not that they just be full of knowledge, but the knowledge that they had would, of the will of God would be full. All right? Uh, sometimes we come close. We think about uh, um, this song that we just sang, Even so, it is well with my soul. That's a beautiful song, and I love it. It's one of my favorites, all-time favorites. And it's easy to sing. It's not so easy to think. It's not so easy to do. But that's the kind of thing that Paul is talking about here. That full knowledge of God's will is that God will allow things and will use things that you don't like to happen to you. For a purpose you may never understand. The Greek word for knowledge describes the knowledge which grasps and penetrates the object. That's more than just memorizing statutes. The kind of knowledge is not just a memorizing of facts. It's a gift and grace of the Holy Spirit. It's a saturation like water in a sponge. There's no more room for anything else in there. But again, this Phrase filled with the knowledge of his will was not about major life decisions. It's not about whom to marry or what job to take or what house to buy or where to live. It was about how to live according to God's will. We have to remember that the church of Paul writing to didn't have the New Testament, it was in the process of being written. They didn't have it, they didn't have all those other letters. Well, he's already written to Galatians and Thessalonians and the Romans, and so Colossae just must have had all those things too. Says, no, they didn't. They didn't have the Gospels. They were not yet written either. They only had this letter. And Paul's prayer was that the Holy Spirit himself would instruct them on how to live in a way that pleased God. Now, fortunately for us, we have an advantage that the Colossians didn't have. We have the entire Bible right here, God's complete word. God answered that prayer of Paul and gave us the word, the Bible, so the guesswork would be taken out for us. Amen? Praise the Lord. It's a good thing. But the prayer still remains, that the church would be saturated like a sponge with God's word and act accordingly. That's what Paul wanted for the church. That's what he's praying for. And that's my prayer for us as a church family, that we would be saturated with the knowledge of God's divine will that he's given us in his word. We would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, the spiritual wisdom and understanding that he prayed for is that the church would not only know how the Father wanted them to live, but they would know how and when to apply what they knew. Right? Lots of people know the Word. Lots of them. But whether or not they apply it is a different story. Our prayer is that we would not just know the Word, but also live the Word and not just when everybody else can see you either. When a church is saturated with God's Word and with His help applies it to their lives, what follows in verse 10 is a result, to be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Um, I don't know this is true, and I would hate for it to be so. If anyone thinks, well, if I only knew the Bible like you, I might be of some use to God. I hope that's not true of this family. Does anybody think that? Because I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> I'm a machinist, okay? I was born in a hospital, and uh, like normal people are sometimes, I uh, was not uh, hatched. or uh, it's n- There's no secret to this. There is no tool in my arsenal that is not available to you. There's no resource or any book that I read that you can't read for yourself. All right, how many copies of this do you have? There's no excuse for any of us. There's no excuse for me. I make it look good for you on Sunday morning. You should see me on Tuesday. What a mess. We have all of this available to us. You have the same measure of the Holy Spirit. Right? There's there's no secret mystery to what I do. Okay? So never think, if I only knew the gospel like them, if I only knew the Bible like them, if I could only pray like them, then, oh, I might be some use, but I don't, so... You know, that's a lie. That's that's the honest truth. That's a lie. If you think that, anyway, let's note in your notes. That's a that's an extra little bonus there for you. A little guilt throwing in there, you know, really put the screws to you. As we grow in the knowledge of God's word and apply it to our lives, not just being hearers of the word, as James one twenty two puts it. But doers of the word, that's when we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. In our day, it's becoming increasingly clear to me what Paul meant when he wrote in Philippians 3.19, when he said, uh, their God is their belly. You heard that before we studied Philippians together. He said, their God is their belly. People everywhere, even right here, in this small area up front, have always been after what they can get for themselves from the beginning. We scratch and we claw and we fight for everything that we can get to fill our stomachs and fill our houses and fill our lives because why? Because we worship ourselves. And we sacrifice everything on the altar to us. Our goal is not to be fully pleasing to him. Our goal is to be fully pleasing to ourselves. You think I'm wrong, you're lying to yourself. If we would truly shift our goals from walking in such a way that is fully pleasing to ourselves to walking in a manner fully worthy of the Lord, according to his word, fully pleasing to him, what a change that would make. Even if it's just me, what a change that would make. What a force we would become for the gospel. We would truly bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God because our interest is not ourselves, but in the Lord. Think about Adam and Eve. What was their sin? They wanted more for themselves. God didn't give them enough. They wanted more. But if we would shift, we could truly be, as verse 11 puts it, strengthened with all power, according to his glorious mind, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of life. Strengthen with all power for what? So we could keep grabbing things for ourselves? What's the point of that? Strengthen with all power according to his glorious might for conquest and world domination, so everyone would worship us in our bellies. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Or that would be more like Hallelujah. Yes, praise to Heath. It's just the opposite. The power that we would gain according to the glorious might of Almighty God our Father is to endure temptation and trial, to endure the temptation to worship our own selves and to endure the trials and persecutions of those who would worship their own selves and think we ought to worship them too. The power is to say no to sin. To say no to disobedience to our heavenly father. Who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's what we should want to be empowered to do. We have the power to say no to sin. Do you know that? The secret is you have to want to use it. I have to want to use it. Because as it says in verse 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What a wonderful reminder that none of it really depends on us anyway. God has already done the work. We don't live in the domain of darkness anymore. We don't have to. He has rescued us through Jesus' death and resurrection And we're no longer slaves to sin and darkness. So every time we sin, it's not because we can't avoid it. It's because we choose to. He has bought us back from that darkness with his own blood shed on the cross. And even when we slip or stumble back into our old ways or stop by the old kingdom of darkness just for a quick visit, he's already forgiven us for that. But he knows it's better for us. There is better available to us. And he will remind us that there is so much more. He will remind us there's so much better available to us if we would just embrace the power that he has to offer us to say no to sin. And I think that's our challenge for today. We have the power to say no to sin. We have to want to use it. Do you want to use it? hope so. He himself has delivered us who have faith in Jesus Christ from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. He has done all the work necessary for our salvation. He has given us the seed of the gospel. We have to want to grow. And by his grace and with his help, we will. Amen. Let us pray. Father, you know my purpose this morning is not to make anybody feel guilty. I pray, Lord, that uh, even so, your spirit would work to convict us in areas uh, where we struggle. That you would help us to grow. That we would not be content and complacent with where we are in our uh, spiritual work with you, in our spiritual life, that we wouldn't be content to be a fruitless twig, but we would want to grow up into a fruit-bearing tree. God, we can only do that with your help. So I pray that you would drive us all to your word, that we wouldn't help but to be able to be saturated with the knowledge of your will, because we are saturated in your word. God, we're so grateful for your grace, the free gift of salvation. Pray that we would not waste it, but we would be fruitful, bearing fruit for your kingdom. We we'll love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, post office box 576. 576- West Ossipi, New Hampshire, 03890.